Hello and welcome to the pod. The nights are drawing in, the clocks are about to go back. Sadly, not to pre-COVID times, but an extra hour in bed is something, right? The English season gurgled its last a couple of weeks ago, with the Vitality Blast finals going into reserve day for the first time, and a winter of uncertainty looms. Hibernation has never looked a more attractive option. But hold steady, because in recent days has come positive news regarding England's touring commitments. We may not all be off to sunnier climbs, but they will be accessible through your telebox. To savour the prospect, I'm joined today by a couple of badgers with plenty of warm crickety experiences to line their nests. ESPN Crick Info UK editor Andrew Miller and senior correspondent George DeBell. How are we doing, chaps? All well, I trust. Can't complain, can't complain. You're not missing the, uh, the bio-secure bubble yet, George? No, I'm actually really enjoying being at home. It's a lovely autumn. Uh, I don't know if people have noticed, but it is. It's a really lovely autumn. It's just the prospect of um, uh, spending the whole winter in England is a, is a, is a wee bit daunting. Um, it tends to overplay its hand, doesn't it, the English winter? Nice for a couple of weeks. Goes on about four months too long. Turned <laughs> into Richie Benno in your old age. You're going to be brown as a berry. Well, it'd be nice to have a chance. I'm more likely <laughs> to get hypothermia this winter, but let's uh, maybe that's what we're talking about. Let's see. Are you, are you all set for uh, you know lockdown and uh, southern hemisphere coverage uh, going hand in hand, Miller? Oh yes, uh, that's that's that's, that's uh, my my stock in trade. No, I'm looking forward to it. And obviously, the news this week is is very welcome. Just um, yeah, the ECB are, are coming out. They're having a good COVID, aren't they? They 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 they're doing the right thing by their own by their own sport and increasing the noises are that they're helping everyone else. Get it right as well. There's lots of talk about. I'm sure George will elaborate further about uh, uh, cricket South Africa really tapping into the ECB's experience of of getting it right this summer, and I'm sure other boards around the world are, are, are leaning in and, and thinking, yeah, that went well. Um, how, how do you make that work? Um, you know, cricket has, you know, you go compare the. I've been following vaguely the the shambles in in rugby of late, and uh, you know, you compare compare that to what we've got at the moment with 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 an England. Itinerary that actually at the moment is is bang up to bang up to date. We we got exactly what we've been expecting, even though things have been a little bit hairy. Um, fingers crossed if they can pull this one off and keep pulling it off for the rest of the, the winter for the rest of their tours. Um, cricket is you know certainly from a viewing perspective in a good shape, even if the financials aren't uh, entirely stacking up yet. Yeah, indeed. I said this coronavirus business would all end in tears. Um, anyway, the uh, good news, uh, as Miller has alluded to, is that uh, South Africa's government has let CSA out of detention for now in order to host England for a limited overs tour next month, encompassing three T20s and three ODIs. Um, aside from the fact that it's nice to have something in the calendar, uh, George, these games are a pretty big deal for South Africa. Well, financially, do you mean? Um, which I suppose it increases. <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't think they've actually played any cricket since March either, have they? But but financially, no. probably more than anything. <laughs> yeah, since they 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 played India last, weren't they? Um, I think this is making them something like four and a half million US, something like three million pounds, which is ballpark what they made last year. So that um, is uh, it's hugely relevant for them. Look, we know that they are. How can I put it politely? Well, why put it politely? They're a bit of a mess, aren't they, Cricket South Africa <laughs> at the moment? Um, uh, I, I'm actually quite impressed that England are doing it. I'm quite impressed that they're uh, offering to charter the cost of the plane. 
I, I, I'm not in the market for chartering planes terribly often, but I'm told it's tremendously expensive. Um, uh, you know, four hundred thousand pounds or something, uh, and uh, that that's um, yeah, well, and good for them. I mean, they're they're doing the right thing. Um, in terms of the cricket, uh, well, you know, it's just, it'll just be nice to see cricket, won't it? I I suspect England may rest one or two. Um, I I kind of hope they do. Uh, and who knows what more we'll see from there. But yeah, financially, uh, very important and good to see that England, after benefiting from the, uh, I don't know, the the support of other nations in coming to England, are prepared to uh, reciprocate. Uh, that's that's as as things should be. Um, believe you sort of um, referred there to South Africa tapping into the ECB's knowledge for the way they conducted things. Um, there has been, there had to be sort of some talking around the topic of, of quarantines and whether the players could train and all that sort of thing whilst they're out in, um, I think it's Cape Town that they're going to land in um, sort of middle of next month. Um, and, and it does mean that England's white ball players, many of whom are currently at the IPL, uh, are going to be bubbling up once again um, and, and the sort of attendant concerns for, for player welfare there. Absolutely. I mean, Owen Morgan was talking about it um, the other day and Jason Holder as well, the, the, this um, chance to shine captain's call. Uh, very interesting chat, actually, an hour and a half of a very good high-level chat between four international captains. Quinton de Kock was involved as well and obviously he'll be, he'll be leading the, the South Africans next, uh, next month. And yeah, I mean, Morgan was saying that this is unsustainable. I mean, we all know it's unsustainable. It, it is... It is, unfortunately, the players have had to go above and beyond. I mean, Joffre Archer, case in point, I mean, you know, the, all the headlines were, <coughs> excuse me, all the headlines centred around the one absconsion of his summer when he when he dived off home. It didn't really centre on the 90 days he did spend in in the bubble. And, you know, he he was one of the most put upon players, given given that he's involved in, in red and white ball cricket. Uh, but yeah, you go from go from there to the IPL, and Archer's already alluded that he's probably going to dip out of the BBL. But I mean, that's coming up as well. And you know, all these guys, it's it, it's a it's an old chestnut really that we've always talked about with with international sportsmen that um, you have a finite window of your athletic prime, and so you have to really go above and beyond and make sure you make every opportunity count. And COVID is is really testing that to the max at the moment, isn't it? Because you know these guys know that they've got to keep the treadmill going they've got to keep getting out there earning their income being the players they can be while they're at the top of their games but the mental load it's going to take I mean we don't even know the half of it yet I suspect I mean George obviously he was he was more privy to it having been in in the outer bubble so to speak during the summer but I mean I know I know it, it can't be much fun to be a journalist in an abandoned stadium for for weeks on end watching watching the game go by I mean I can't imagine what it's like to to be in lockdown um, just twiddling your thumbs, waiting for the next time to go to the nets or come back from the nets to go and sit in your hotel room and stare out at the cricket pitch you're going to be playing on tomorrow. I mean, you know, it's it's going to drive you mad. I'm sitting up in my study at the moment looking out over a blank wall and, you know, that gets a bit samey, to be honest, but it's it, it, at least at least I feel like I, you know, I, I, I can get out and see a bit more of the world than, than, than perhaps the, the player's going to going to have um while they're doing their doing their jobs and, and very important jobs it is too and, and you know none of us would be sitting here chatting away if there was no cricket to talk about so you know the show has to go on but the the the, the players as always at the front of it 
Oh, we do our best when it comes to chatting about nothing, of course. I'm surprised you haven't pinned up some motivational slogans on the wall, you know, just to uh, uh, keep keep you going through the uh, <laughs> the uh, the winter months. Um, well, I've George, got my magical ten that magical years with Disney placard. That'll do. <laughs> The, the the mouse uh, inspires as always. Um, I mean, George, we, we talk often about kind of whether cricket looks after players um, well enough, you know, burnout, the treadmill and all that. Uh, do you expect to see um, rotation from England? You kind of touched on it, but uh, there, there could be um, several uh, tours maybe even overlapping tours over the next few months which will come on to kind of those possibilities but would you expect to see um players being given plenty of leeway to have time off and, and time out um and to make sure that this you know the, the burden of, of playing cricket in all in, in bubble after bubble um doesn't become too great yes i think uh, they've changed hugely in the last few years i think maybe it reached uh and Nadia in, um, is that how you pronounce that word, Nadia? 2013-14 uh, with that sort of Ashes tour. And I think that um, at the end of that, so many people were so miserable that they've really looked at things with new eyes. And uh, there's there's much greater focus on the sort of mental well-being of the players. And of course, the players are terribly powerful as well. Uh, I, I suppose there's still a bit of controversy whenever anyone misses an England tour if they've just played franchise uh, competitions. I think that's a bit passe in this day and age. I think most people understand that they've got to take the opportunity presented by the IPL. And also that there's quite a lot of uh, positive playing side effects of being exposed to that level of ability and talent. And it has been pretty incredible. Just, you know, uh, just watch it, for example, watching the boundary fielding. I mean, you see those boundary catches where someone seems to leap over the ropes, leap back, almost every game now. And if you compare that to how Leicestershire's campaign in the blast finished this season <laughs> with two misfields <laughs> in the last over, it does seem like a bit of a leap sometimes. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, I, I think that that will come into focus again, the sort of franchise v England thing, if England go to Pakistan, because I think it will be at the same time as the Big Bash and I expect players will be allowed to honour their big bash deals, as they probably should be, because they were made first. Uh, but we'll see, and I think some people will uh, think that that is controversial, but we'll see. Look, I think um, there's much greater um, knowledge about the uh, mental health aspects of uh, being in the public eye, playing sport, pressure, and they are increased by being in the bubble we we heard quite early on the England players were not struggling, but just adjusting to never being able to get away from the game. You know, maybe failing, going back to their room, looking out on the square where it had happened, opening the curtains again in the morning, looking out of the square where it was all happening. And, um, and I think that that was problematic. From a journalist's point of view, by the way, we had the best of both worlds, really. I've got no complaints. It was a bit odd, and it was definitely a little bit boring at first when um, there was nothing open, <laughs> literally nothing to do. But as, as the summer progressed, we really did have the best of both worlds. We were able to leave the ground each night, so we were able to go out for dinner or to the pub or whatever, uh, in, in a way, in very small groups, fine, but sit outside, fine. It was summer, it was lovely. The players were stuck in their rooms, and they're nice hotels and stuff. But they really were stuck in their rooms. 
and they weren't able to play golf and they weren't able to go to restaurants and they're at the stage where you've been in the same hotel room because they kept going back to the same rooms in one of the two hotels they were staying in for, you know, two months or whatever it was. You know every item on the room service menu. <laughs> you know, there's... And they're not big rooms. They weren't in extravagant, uh, really lovely rooms. Um, I thought they did brilliantly. I, 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 I thought they did so well not to complain publicly as well. They just sucked it up. They understood that a lot of other people were going through a lot worse and that they had a responsibility to entertain and keep the lights on for English cricket. And because they didn't complain, or very, very little, uh, perhaps people haven't realised how difficult it was for them. But uh, very, very difficult and not at all what they're used to. And I thought uh, the, level of the level of compliance was terrific. Uh, from Pakistan, from West Indies, from England, from Ireland, from Australia. They all did brilliantly and... It's just the prospect of looking ahead and worrying that you've got six months more of it, 18 months more of it, whatever. Um, you know, touring is such a joy. And part of the joy is seeing different places, going to different places, uh, different experiences. You don't get any of that at the moment. You're, you, you are just in a hotel room. And I know people will think they're terribly lucky and terribly well paid. And of course they are. But it is difficult. And I think they've done really, really well. And, uh, and I, th I think the ECB need to be applauded for being mindful of that and if people decide to opt out and I'm sure they will particularly having been at the IPL and then go to South Africa fine I hope that there's I hope that there's no criticism of them. George has just mentioned there the, the possibility of a Pakistan tour uh, Miller this is something that's kind of come out in the last week or two PCB Wazim Khan uh, chief executive there he's spoken about um sending this official invite to the ECB and it sounds like it is being you know uh, properly considered as a as an option in January this would be you know a real sort of fleeting visit for a few T20s but it would be hugely significant uh, for all that because it it would be England's first tour of the of the country since 2005 it would yeah and I, I was on that tour it was it, was, it, 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 it is one of my favorite places to tour I, I I cut my teeth out there in in 2000 on NASA's tour and the famous Karachi victory and all the rest of it, and then was back again five years later. And yeah, haven't been haven't been since. And um, I must admit, around the time of of the of the atrocity in in Lahore, I, I did wonder whether we would ever get back to Pakistan in my lifetime. To be perfectly honest, um, such was the, the the state of the world then. But I mean, I I would be ecstatic if this does happen. I think it would it, it is absolutely right and proper that it should as well. I mean, clearly. There was movement towards this before COVID struck. I mean, you know, the grandest of ironies, isn't it, that, that, that Pakistan wait for so long to, to get any cricket on on their own doorstep. And just as they're finally in the PSL established as a as a formidable home force, um, they lose the chance to play their play their knockouts uh, because COVID strikes uh, in the final week of the tournament. So, you know, but the guys, like, you know, Alex Hales, it's a name, but one of many has been out there recently. Um, uh, Joffre Archer, in fact, has been there, hasn't he? And um, Chris Jordan, people, people like that have, have England have had, and and Dawid Milan. So they've had a lot of people who've been out there in the England setup already to play in the PSL, and therefore you you surely have to assume that you know that of all the all the reasons why the players wouldn't go, it wouldn't it won't be the players saying, oh no, I'm not sure, I I think that uh, this is safe. I, I think there's a there's obviously a a change in mentality from the players now and they realize that that Pakistan is back on the agenda and so it should be I think it's a wonderful country it's a it's one as I say one of my favorite places to tour it's a friendly hospitable place I have absolutely no doubt that the teams would be wonderfully well looked after if they were to go out there albeit for a, an incredibly short tour 
Um, but but fundamentally, the reciprocity that George talked about at the top there is, is absolutely absolutely the core of everything that um, cricket has to do at the moment. I mean, England are in massive debt to the four teams that came over to tour this summer. Absolutely no doubt about it. But they are going about it the right way in making sure that they are paying those debts as quickly as they can. And, um, you know, if they do find a way even to send a B or a C team out to... Pakistan, uh, admittedly, you know we've got all the all the the pressure of a of a major series against India to, as well, and and finding space between the the various franchise tournaments. So yeah, it is possible that England won't necessarily get their best eleven out there, but I don't think it matters. Just the just the just the the token gesture, even if it is only a token gesture of getting an England team, an official England team out to Pakistan to play an official international match again, um, would be huge and. Uh, absolutely all for it uh, I'm, I, I hope it happens and um, you know all the praise has been rightly for um, Jason Holder and West Indies uh, the winners of the Peter Smith Award from the Cricket Writers Club this week for, for their efforts to, in going above and beyond and being the first team to really brave the bubble and you know come over at the height of Covid and all the rest but let's not forget Pakistan's efforts as well I mean they they, 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 they hold up in Derby and Worcester for, for just as long in waiting for their their series to turn around, stayed for the white ball series as well. They you know they spent an awful long time over here, and and the, the, those series were great fun, weren't they? I mean you know we 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 had a lot of fun watching uh, the efforts that they put in, and so yeah, uh, if if the wheels of international cricket are to keep turning, teams are going to have to go out of their way to help each other along at the moment, and England are doing that, the ECB are doing that, and um, if fingers crossed this can happen, it can only be a good thing. I think it was something like 1930 that um, England played tests in the Caribbean and New Zealand at the same time. Sending, That's right, yeah. Sending different different parties to um, on each tour. Um, George, what does the um, the schedule look like post Christmas ring? Because this is where kind of the, the the idea that England might send a B or a C team to Pakistan. They potentially have uh, commitments in Sri Lanka. Obviously, that's where they were when the COVID. Uh, outbreak kind of caused everything to go into a halt back in March um, and India or maybe the UAE uh, that that's up in the air as well but you know what 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 do you sort of expect um, them to be doing in, in a couple of months time well there's the yeah the Sri Lanka series is in January um, in a couple of months time well there'll be a, probably be a training camp before Christmas for the Red Bull players uh, which I think we've reported will probably be in Loughborough rather than the UAE now but we'll see um, I think that after Christmas they're still hoping to go to Sri Lanka. They need the Sri Lankan government to um, follow the lead of the South African government and relax their quarantine uh, requirements. Uh, Bangladesh just postponed their own tour to Sri Lanka because uh, the government was insisting, I can't remember what, what it was, for 10 days, was it, in hotel room lockdown? It might even be as much as 14, but... Um, well, was it? Right. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. It might be getting it mixed up with South Africa. So I, there's no way that England will agree to that. But um, I did hear that they were hopeful that they would play both games in Dambulla and that they would be allowed to at least train during that period, which which seems, you know, fairly easy to manage, you know, if you... Make sure that you transport people together. You take them to the ground or the training ground at the same time. I don't know. You you would hope that they would find a way, but I can't predict what the Sri Lankan government will do. Uh, but that that's the plan. And then um, 
that that would be taking place already, of course, during the Big Bash, when a lot of England's best white ball players will be involved elsewhere. Um, they would presumably take quite a large tour party to Sri Lanka. You know, instead of seeing 16, 17, we're regularly seeing 24 or more in tour parties, just in case you need to replace people. And then there is the Pakistan series, or it might only be two games. Um, and it might, it might be two games in four or five days. It might be very, very brief. Uh, and that would be at the end of January. And yeah, it would be... I, I, I agree with everything that Miller said. I think it would be hugely significant. I think it would uh, show some uh, sense of community in world cricket. Um, there, there, there are terrorist attacks everywhere in the world now, uh, which is obviously not a good thing. Uh, but it is ridiculous to just sort of pinpoint one country and not tour there. We saw England... Um, tour Bangladesh under fairly uh, stringent security arrangements a few years ago and we've seen uh, teams continue with tours and tournaments even in England despite terrorist attacks that have happened during them so I hope that um, England are able to continue with that tour obviously there are all sorts of caveats aren't there we we don't know what the Covid situation is going to be we don't know what the arrangements will be but I think what happened in England this year where, of course, the cases were, were much higher than elsewhere in the world or a lot of other places in the world at that time, showed what could be done. There's a very good relationship really now between the PCB and ECB. And uh, I'm quite confident that that court at all go ahead. I'm probably more confident of that than the Sri Lanka one, if I'm honest. And then almost immediately England would go to, well, where will it be? India, the UAE. The BCCR insisted that it's going to be India. I think the schedule will be published with India fixtures and uh, dates. I still think it will happen in the UAE, but, you know, you, you and, and I think it will be a curtailed tour. I don't think it will be five tests. I mean, I've been saying for a long time, I think it will be three or four. I still think that maybe they can pull off a bio-bubble in Mumbai. I mean, if anywhere could in India, you would think it would be there. You've got fantastic hotels. You've got three test stadiums within almost walking distance of those hotels, but a fairly easy uh, drive, commute. Um, you've got the ability to lock down quite small areas of the city as required to transport teams through it. Uh, as for the day-night test I've seen rumoured in Ahmedabad, I'd be surprised. I mean, I think originally we were all looking forward to that. That would have been incredible at this vast uh, rebuilt stadium with uh, 100,000 capacity or something. It would have been brilliant, but I just... Can it happen this time? I'd be really, really surprised. Uh, and I don't think that it will matter how insistent the BCCI are. I'm just not sure that the players will go right now, but I might be wrong. So that's still up in the air, but I think the series will take place because it's so important to both sides. And it might be there's a game within a game there that, you know, the BCCI are insisting it's in India really to prepare the ground for the next IPL, which follows it immediately, because they want that to be back in India. Um, but we'll see. We know they've got this MOU now with the uh, the Emirati Cricket Board. We know that they could transfer there relatively quickly, and we've seen how that can work. Uh, if I were to, to bet, I would think that the England tour will take place against India in the UAE. The, the, the one I'm most worried about is the Sri Lanka one. Well, we uh, we will wait and see. Um, we obviously. Be... Oh, then there's the big one, though. Can I interrupt? Sorry to interrupt. Then there's the big one. There's the Netherlands. 
<laughs> of course, yes. As soon as uh, that came on the schedule, I thought, hello. <laughs> anyway. Trip to Amsterdam in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what I can get away with putting on expenses. <laughs> be a very re- relaxed tour. Well, I'm just thinking, I'm just, no, I'm just trying to embrace local culture. Surely you want that. Can't argue that. <laughs> Uh, you've got to be careful when you're being tested so much these days going in and out of stadiums. We're tested um, for COVID. <laughs> you never know what Don't those swabs, any other swabs pick up. Yeah. Um, well, yes, of course, the, uh, the, the all-important World Cup Super League points um, on offer there. And then that sort of brings us back round to the 2021 English summer. India are due to be the, the visitors then. Um, Miller, we talked a fair bit about the kind of monumental efforts the ECB uh, put in to salvage uh, 2020. But, um, I mean, since then, Tom Harrison has spoken. The ECB have kind of suggested that, that similar measures are unlikely for next year. Well, yes. I mean, you know, it all comes back to this 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 very real fear of, of burnout and the, the, the sustainability of the bubble. I mean, there, there was a big Zoom call done um, shortly after, well, it was the morning after the, the blast final and with, with all the ECB movers and shakers sort of uh, rolling out the, the, the end, of, end of summer roundup of an extraordinary summer. And, you know, as everyone has said ad nauseam, really, it, ECB have nailed it this summer. They have done absolutely everything they possibly could to do the right thing by the game. But, you know, they've got, even longer now to prepare for next year. I mean, you know, Steve Elworthy basically pulled pulled a, pulled the, his plan together in, in in inside two months. He's got more like eight months this time around to 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 build all the way up to the next summer. Um, so England can really think about how they do this. But one thing I think is clear is that you know ninety days plus in the bubble is unsustainable. Um, you know, two or three weeks at a time is on, is is about the limit. I think. And uh, if England want to play a full series against India they're going to have to do things differently. And England do want to play a full series against India because, I mean, as I think I've said before, of all the summers to be disrupted, this was the perfect summer for England to be disrupted because they had two teams that were not... I wouldn't say they were compliant as such, but they were certainly were willing to go the extra yard because they knew that there were benefits that could come back to them, as we're seeing with the possibility of, of tours and extra games in West Indies and all the rest of it. India, on the other hand... Do India really need the the hassle of putting themselves in the bubble? I mean, Tom Harrison said that he 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 insisted there was no reluctance as such on the part of India's superstars to turn out next summer. But I'm sure there'd be more digging the heels in if they were forced to stay in the Aegeus Bowl for for three weeks, three four five weeks at a time. Um, it's just not it's just not quite not quite sunning yourself on a on a beach in Dubai between matches, is it? So um, there is there is an acceptance that that things will have to be different, but. The tour has to go ahead. It's it's vital for the world world finances, as we've said before. But you know there are two summers in, in well three summers really. Last summer obviously was was a combined one with the Ashes and the World Cup. But an Ashes year and an India year are the years in which England really recoup their losses. And so they cannot they cannot afford to have an India summer completely decimated uh, by by COVID um, blight. I mean they've got to get crowds back somehow. I think that that's a given. Every you know we've got to. Fortunately, I think uh, an entire winter of um, Premier League football will help to push that agenda. So hopefully by, by the spring, there'll be some, if there are any doors opened or potential for opening, 
Um, the Premier League will hopefully have, have done a lot of the heavy heavy shoving to 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 get that across the line, and then you know, the cricket can come through and see what it can do. It was it was desperately unlucky last year, obviously that the pandemic hit on the eve of the English summer, so they they were forced to cut their cloth. It's um you know Elworthy and his team did a magnificent job to to pull together a a contingency plan this summer, but um yeah next year they've got whacking great losses already. They can't afford whacking whacking great losses. Yeah, I mean, that's... I had a theory. I had a theory on that about India, just whether uh, their players felt they were in lockdown already. I, I, years ago, I, I got to spend a day with Sachin, and the man's in lockdown all the time. He can't go out. Do you know what I mean? So one of the things that Virat said he liked about, and, and when uh, Ashwin played for Worcester, said that they enjoyed about coming to England was that they could go out a little bit more. But those guys are proper superstars. So it's not like. Um, you know, if they were a test in Mumbai, they couldn't go out shopping or anything. Anyway, and one of the things they, they liked, actually, I should say, at the Aegeus Bowl, they did um, eventually allow them to go play golf. So um, they kind of preferred, or even just go for a walk on the golf course, uh, they did kind of prefer the Aegeus Bowl to Manchester. Nice hotel, though, that Manchester one is. You know, it is just your room and your balcony. Uh, and the golf thing was a real bonus. So it might be that they can find ways. But I thought that the India players in particular might already be such rock stars that the that it was less different for them, if that makes a bit of sense. Well, it does, actually. It really does. I mean, well, I, mean I, I, I recall, you know, wandering down to have a, have a nest at Lord's in the dead of winter and there's Sachin next door because, you know, he lives a couple of... A couple of couple of um, metres down the road in his penthouse in St John's Wood and yeah, he can just stroll up to Lords anonymously and go and have a hit. I mean, you know, you're right. The, the freedom that these players do get from, from the relative anonymity is, 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 is something, to, uh, something to factor in. So yeah, I, 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 there, there's, there is something to be said for that. But again, I think this leans into the point that, that um, Elworthy and Harrison were making at the end of the summer was that yeah, to make sure that the players have the best possible experience in the circumstances, they've got to have it slightly differently to what it was this summer. Even if yeah, even yeah, if the players yeah. are used to used to the hardship of, of being confined to barracks, um, it's not sustainable, and um, they've got a long enough window until the next summer to find a way to to make it more palatable for everyone. We know that for certain, Mohammed Hafiz enjoyed the access to the golf course and you know, <laughs> ability to go and meet his public, and so on. Um, the, I mean, it's a long way off. The the, the next summer, there's um, the possibility of the World Test Championship final or or not uh, being hosted at Lords. The the county season is being penciled in. We've got the the championship in a this sort of three conference structure uh, and a Bob Willis Trophy final to be contested as well. Um, I mean, George, it, it looks as if the the summer is going to extend into October again. Um, at least as far as we can see from from this far out. Does it? I hadn't picked up on that. If I'm honest, but yeah, there's there's a lot. Well, certainly to get in the, there. the the darker um, parts of September. <laughs> Well, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have a huge issue with it going on deep into September. Look, we will have the advantage, hopefully, next year of starting in April. <laughs> I mean, the problem this year was we started yeah. in August, the the county games. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Look, there's a, there's a lot of cricket to get through. We we know that, uh, and uh, I think the 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 positive way of looking at it is that the summer of 2021 could be a huge celebration. I mean, let's hope that they're, you know, that we're that we're through this one way or another by then. Let's hope that some very clever fella in a lab coat uh, 
um, has 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 uh, found a solution. We're always reliant on these people, aren't we? But they they you know even more so than ever. Uh, and if that is the case, then won't it be lovely to be able to watch cricket with spectators? Won't it be lovely to for to see full grounds because they will be. The grounds will be so full for those India series, and you know the hundred will happen. I've got mixed feelings about it, but it's cricket on free-to-air TV. That's got to be a good thing. Um, there is a possibility that 2021 feels like the follow-on from 2019. And, you know, we've just had to hunker down and get through 2020, which has not been vintage, but it really could turn out all right. Um, and, you know, everyone needs it to, don't they? I know that the counties are already struggling because they're not able to pre-sell any uh, test tickets. You know, this time of year, they'd just about be going on sale, wouldn't they? And you started to get those uh, emails from Surrey saying, we've sold out the first four days already. And that's not happening. And, and you know, they, they are hurting all around the country. The clubs are hurting. Uh, but there is, um, there is, I think, a bit of a uh, glint of hope at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Talking of the hundred. Talking the hundred, I feel through this this thought that I've had just about the hundred because, you know, the one thing that I think we all agree on with the hundred is that uh, the selling of the hundred, the the the, the raison d'etre of the hundred, has been absolutely abominably sold. There's the, nobody has nobody has said out loud quite why they want to go about the hundred, but I I feel as though to a degree, the pandemic has said the piece that the ECB could never quite express is that basically if the global international cricket structure crumbles overnight because basically everyone runs out of money and will and and energy we've got to have something left that is ours that that, that you know we in England England cricket team we've known since since year dot has basically been driven too hard 300 days a year on the road I mean we're talking about burnout now but you don't have to look back to Marcus Truscothic Jonathan Trott all these guys Graham Thorpe even years before that, guys who were just just worn out by the cycle of being so in the window, so so important to the fabric of English cricket that the England cricket team basically could never stop travelling and never stop earning money. We saw that last summer, if the England men's cricket team had not gone out and gone above and beyond and pushed themselves ever harder to, to make these games happen, the game would have been broke. And so suddenly, you know, all this talk about um, the 100 being a second revenue... Uh, it does make sense. It, you can still argue till the cows come home about the 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 actual the actual um, f- fabric of the of the hundred. And the, do we really need to introduce a fourth or is it fifth or sixth version of the game now that T ten has taken off? Um, but suddenly, you know, the, the, the that 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 Armageddon scenario that the ECB obviously for valid reasons weren't ever quite able to express properly because you know if the ECB say well we, you know we're just making contingency plans for if um, we actually sack off international cricket they couldn't quite say that but suddenly you know it's looking a little bit more a little bit more um, dicey isn't it so um, I don't know it's just made me maybe think twice about about the raison d'etre put it that way even if I still have severe doubts about the way they've gone about pushing it out there um, anyway, that was my thought on it <laughs> there we go by next summer, you'll have come right around and have the pom-poms out and everything. Talking of um, behemoth, supranational 
supranational uh, cricketainment extravaganzas. Um, even you know in this the the cold and the wet of uh, of October in England, we've got the IPL uh, on our TV screens. Um, and there's been a fair bit of England talent out on show uh, over at the uh, over in the UAE. Um, Miller, you've been doing a regular digest on the ups and downs of of that England cohort. What are the themes that have stuck out? Well, uh, first first things first. One thing I one thing I would say on uh, up front is I've I I have watched more of the IPL this this year than I've ever watched in my life, and part of that is down to the scarcity of any other options. I mean, usually the IPL obviously cuts into the English season, therefore I'm more busy watching England players, you know, whether it's county cricket or, or, or the early stages of the England, in England summer. The IPL has always been dribbling on in the background and never really paid attention to it. But now, all of a sudden, it's the only thing out there. And that makes me think that, you know, again, we talk about the, the difficulties that England had this summer in building on the great success of 2019 and, you know, not, not getting quite the, the follow-up that they had hoped for. But I bet you that there are people out there who, a bit like a bit like me, have been scouring around looking for something to entertain themselves with um, when basically nothing else is happening. There's been no European Championship, no Olympics, no Wimbledon. Cricket basically is the only thing that's happened this summer. And therefore that's surely got to be, got to be something. It's, England will have picked up some, some roving sports fans who had nothing else to watch. So, you know, obviously... Different kettle of fish being 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 that the, there's you know the, the cricket is cricket, but the fact that no other cricket is on means there's been a real opportunity to really focus on what's been going on in the IPL and oh, it's been great fun. I mean to come back to your original point, the themes essentially you know in a nutshell, Sam Curran is an extraordinary competitive wonder. Joffre Archer is absolutely world class and bowling bullets. Um, Josh Butler. Has his moments, but hasn't quite come to the party. Ben Stokes is now England's opener potentially for the World World Cup next year, which is a fascinating can of worms to to throw in there. Uh, Tom Curran has had a luckless Jade Dernbach light um, spate of bowling slur balls and getting smacked out of the ground, but he hasn't actually done much wrong. And um, yeah, broadly speaking, it's been fascinating. CSK have been a disaster. Curran aside, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the closing stages. <laughs> what about you, George? You've been watching closely the the uh, Rajasthan Royals' uh, different opening combinations or the conversion of Sam Curran to pinch slogger. I have. I wasn't sure the Sam Curran things worked, but the um, as 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 pinch hitter, he's bowled really well. Um, the it is interesting, and I get Stokes opening. I know he's wanted to do it for a while, but you know you'd have got good odds on England opening with Stokes and not Butler. Uh, in the next, even a month ago, you got good good odds at that, and even a month ago, you'd have got good odds on England going to Pakistan, but not India this winter. So the world changes really quickly, doesn't it? But um, I I do get the the Butler thing. Uh, if if you have him coming in later, England probably have fewer people who are really good at that role at finishing. I mean, I suppose in an ideal world, he starts the innings and is still there at the seventeenth over, so he can finish as well. But um, I I thought that. Um, that passage of play when uh, Nokia bowled him eventually, I thought that was wonderful. I mean, that was God, he's bowling quick, isn't he, Henrik Nokia? Um, just under a hundred miles an hour, and a couple of times um, he got scooped down to find leg by Butler, and it was it was utterly brilliant. Uh, and I think he got hit for a six over log on as well. We yeah, forget these sort of normal normal shots, <laughs> don't we? But uh, it, it it was brilliant. Look, the standard, I I I have to say, uh, the standard of the cricket. Uh, has been very, very good. 
uh, standard of the commentary and the canned crowd noise not so good <laughs> but uh, it's it's a super tournament there's no doubt about that and and yeah it's been a bit of a godsend particularly on rainy days yeah, and, and England's white ball captain Miller is now KKR's white ball captain and a chance to, to burnish that record a, a little bit further it would help if his team wasn't bowled out for double figures. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he has he's at what is it, three games he's he's captain now, and two of them he barely got a look in because KKR's batting imploded before he had a chance to sort of pull any strings in the field. Uh, but you know, he's doing his bit as 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 captain as a batsman for fundamentally. I mean, you know, he hasn't been he hasn't been decisively explosive at any stage, but he's played some smart little cameos. He's you know he's got yeah twenty nine from. The thirty-nine from twenty-nine ball type innings is that that have that have basically he's he's one of the few guys in England's lineup who is a, who is absolutely dead set on finishing. Everyone else seems to be gravitating towards the the you know, basically a top three that's basically a top nine at this rate, and everybody seems to be wanting to bat in the top three apart from well Butler now has had some success being shunted back down as we saw, so that that's fascinating. Sam Billings put his hand up the other day in, in, in a chat saying that he, he wants to cultivate this role. He has no interest in the top three and good for him. And Owen Morgan, he's he you know, he he's a he's a smart smart creator in every sense. And there was innings the other day, I mean he he he, he plodded along picking off the singles and then, then smacked two sixes in the final over arguably he went an over too late, but KKR's top order had been routed. He had he'd been holding the fort together for the previous ten overs. And then turned on the star on the last over to to smack sixteen runs or so, just to give his side enough to to fight with. So, you know, he's 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 loving life, isn't he? I mean, you know, he's 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 achieved his wildest ambition, and now he can just write his own story for the rest of his career, and he doesn't need to worry about his legacy. He can just go out, see ball, hit ball, and he's hitting it as well as he's hit it, I think, since uh, since he made his that conversion from. Uh, from Ireland to England back in about 2009 I, I you know he arrived on the scene as this remarkable 360 degree batsman you know uh, Abel Villas was already on the scene of course but England had never had a player who would sort of reverse switch it through backward backward square or, or what was it third man or whatever whatever it is whatever it becomes after he's contorted his wrists and and Ping the ball into areas that no one can cover. I mean, he's been doing that his entire career, but right at the moment, he's he's just he's let everything else fall away, and is is really enjoying himself. And and I think it's a great idea to have him as captain. I think he's the best white ball captain in the world. I mean, maybe I would say that, but I, I don't think many people would dispute it, frankly. And so, yeah, I, I hope he has a chance to get some runs on the board and have a chance to pull the strings in the field and and show what he can really do because yeah he's not had a great time in the IPL to be fair he's been there or thereabouts for the past 10 years and this is the first season he's really had a chance to be a a, a starting name really and I guess that's the cachet that comes with being a World Cup winning captain you're you're suddenly you're suddenly pushed up into a into a extra echelon in 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 such a tournament and and actually on, on that Joffre's been good down the order hasn't he Hasn't he just? <laughs> I mean, he's really given it a whack. I don't know whether opposition... I wouldn't bowl many in his half, would you? <laughs> uh, but he can hit the ball, which he hasn't, he hasn't shown very often for England. But I wonder if he could have a role maybe, you know, doing that. So, so Plunkett, for example, was so good in the ODI side so often, coming in 8-9, whatever it was. I don't know, maybe, maybe he could have a role. Yeah, I often I often wonder what would have happened if 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 in the World Cup final, when obviously Plunkett got out and Archer walks in with one ball to face, uh, with seven balls left in the game, fifteen to win, wasn't it? And um, 
and one ball to face and Stokes at the other end. So obviously he didn't want to take anything less to the boundary, really. And I, I wonder what would have happened if Stokes hadn't said, just smack it. You know, basically got a free hit, have a, have a whack. If he just played normally, he probably would have played a proper shot and creamed it straight over the boundary instead of honking massively across the line and getting bowled by, by Jimmy Neesham. It's, uh, yeah, it's hey, here's, here's, here's a guess. If England send a C or D team or whatever it is to Pakistan, what are the chances of a comeback for Liam Plunkett? Oh, there's a thought. Would, I mean, he's uh, he's one of the, he's one of the few picks I noticed in the, in the in the in the Lanka Premier League, isn't he? He's, mm. he's one of the few English overseas players who's who's out there. So he's going to be he's going to be um going to be greasing his wheels over the winter. It's uh, well, yeah, so he should wonderful. be. I mean, I mean, uh, th- th- I, I'm not saying it's wrong that they've moved on from him. I'm not because he he clearly was losing pace, but he did have a fantastic World Cup. Including the final, he got Kay Williamson, didn't he, in the final? He did, yeah. Um, you know, he's been a fantastic servant for English cricket. And if I don't know, it maybe maybe deserves a farewell. Maybe it would be a very sad farewell if it were in, you know, behind closed doors in Karachi. Although it would be an apt farewell as well, because it's where he made his debut as well. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that as well. He was there in t- two thousand and five, which is, I don't know. It, it it would be a nice sort of fairy tale. I know that they've got to look to the future and stuff, but. There's a bit of room for sentiment every now and again, isn't there? <laughs> and also, maybe he'll maybe he'll come back. But I mean, you know, they haven't replaced him in England's ODI side. No, and they I, haven't. And, and which, really which think... again, I think is part of the reason why I think we talked about it last pod. But part of the reason they moved on from him, I think, I think they realised that, that he's such an integral part of that team that they've got to find another way to fill those middle yeah. orders. Yeah, except that they thought at the time that the next uh, the T Twenty World Cup was going to be in Australia. True, uh, and it's not. So it could now, if it's in uh, India, or if it's in the UAE, even it could be on pitches which suit him. It could be on pitches which maybe grip a little bit. I can understand that in Australia he might have been in a wee bit of trouble because he's lost a bit of pace. But on pitches that grip at all, he is still really difficult. Is I mean, he was possible? he was outstanding in the semi final of the Blast, wasn't he? With three three wickets for nothing in that in that eleven over slog, and um, yeah. He, he, did he, England he, win every World Cup game that he played? I believe he did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he never let England down. He never let England down, and uh, I, I'm not saying it's wrong because obviously you have to make terribly harsh decisions in selection. But just I'm just open minded. I just put it out there just as a as a possibility. It'd be fun. <laughs> Well, it would be uh, the American dream would die, presumably, if he, if he did come back for England uh, right now. But um, yes, uh, we, will, we will await the selection for that tour eagerly. And um, what can we say? We're all IPL converts now. KP was right all along. Um, thank you very much, gents. <clears throat> that should keep the home fires burning. England's men will be heading off to South Africa in just a few weeks, by which time we could all be living in lockdown again. There's a cheery thought. Anyway, we'll be back to bring the sunshine again soon. In the meantime, stay safe out there and thanks for tuning in to the Switch Hit podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.